Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us? It's all true. But another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainment anymore. Talk to him, kid. This is our new beginning, and it starts tonight. A new day is dawning for DX. So who you're talking to? Welcome to Xbox 12360, everyone. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to skip the news today because we have our guest in studio right now. And I just want to thank you so much, everybody. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to skip. Giving they know who guys. we are. Yeah, you know, like this. We go through this whole dog and pony show. Okay, <laughs> Jimbo, Denise, Bill Anstock, TK. But anyways, our guest this week. Uh, right off in the plane, uh, airplane from LAX, the worst airport in the world. And <laughs> give us our time, give us his time today, uh, Drew McIntyre. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Once I heard I had a podcast, I was excited. And when I heard it was you, I was even more excited. So, St. Petersburg misses you. I miss, and I miss St. Pete. I miss, like, all my friends there, you know. It's oh, that's just, a great place. It's, I'm just so happy here, though. That's where I need to be. Hey, you look happy. You look healthy. Thanks, and, and so do you. You Thank look you, amazing, oh, Drew. Oh, brother. Thank so you. Even better than last time I saw you. <laughs> but, um, no, seriously, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that, you know, I know you said that you were, you know, looking forward to coming and doing this. But, man, I'd be honest with you, I wouldn't be too happy if I had to get off the airplane. I don't know where you came from. Did you come from Tampa? Yeah, yeah, I came from Tampa. Coast to coast, have to get uh, right up the airplane and come to a podcast. Uh, I'd be I like, love it. Ah, I'm, a, I'm weird, I guess. I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, uh, but if I'm talking what? about wrestling, then I'm happy. Like, I've got the opportunity to come, it. like, rap about wrestling with yourself. I tell the company Thanks. all the time, just think of me like you're John Cena in NXT. If there's something going on and someone doesn't want to do it, I'm your guy. Nice. So I'm doing this, then I'm happy. Well, that part, like, like that's definitely an amazing quality to have when it comes to uh, getting over with the company. So, yeah, yeah, and it's yes. not like something that's fake in any way. No, no, like, no. That's the thing. Like, I genuinely just enjoy this, and I think people have seen, especially the past few years and since I returned to NXT, like, what they see is what they get. I am just that obsessed with wrestling. I'm the biggest mark of all. Like, I just love this. Like, yeah. all of us, we took it this far. We did it as a job, and any opportunity to do it is a good time. We were talking earlier, um, you know, because I wasn't familiar with who actually trained you. Like, And it wasn't because I didn't do research or anything. I just wasn't... Uh, I wasn't up on it because I couldn't figure out because I knew you were from Scotland and I'm like, you probably didn't go to England to get trained. Uh, yeah, and I did. There was literally nothing when I started the the glory days of the world yeah. of sport. I'd finished and there was basically nothing going on in Scotland. There was two schools at the bottom of England and I spent at least five years since I was 10 to try and find a school. 
I sent away actually for the Inside Secrets of Pro Wrestling by Dennis Brent and Percy Pringle yes, Dennis when Brent. I was 10 years old and it told me to keep kayfabe so I kept those two books in a briefcase played along with my friends at school like they were you know still like, not in on it or whatever so I played along even though because I was keeping kayfabe yeah. and eventually I found a school and my mom was comfortable letting me travel the 12 hours down to the bottom of England to do it and every opportunity every Christmas money every birthday money yeah. I would spend it going to wrestling school and eventually myself and a few friends started the Scottish wrestling scene which today is probably the biggest wrestling scene in the world I was which just is pretty cool there, yeah um, but so I'm pretty sure you would tell me earlier 10 years old right you kind of started thinking you were going to pursue it oh yeah I knew me too like I was just like yeah, yeah I'm like <laughs> everyone's like you know that's that American thing like no one from Scotland's ever just gone to America to WWE or whatever mm -hmm. and I was like no that's what I'm going to do and I kept saying it and saying it and yeah. saying it and eventually did it and I tell everybody no matter what your dream is if you believe it enough it's really as simple as just believing it for sure and and like especially like when you're 10 years old and you get this in your head you're going to do something and you focus on it it's really hard to stop somebody oh, yeah. especially when you have the tools like i didn't even have the physical tools and i made it you know strictly on that that focus and uh, visualization just, it really is just in the head like you got that passion like you're one of the yeah. most passionate people when it comes to say, talking about wrestling if you just believe it enough you drive yourself enough you just push 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 you can literally else, do it everyone else will believe them yeah and that's it yeah. like you believe it they believe it, and it works in every aspect of life and especially yeah. in this business and just find something you believe in a promo in the ring and you'll make them believe hey were you still in fcw when i met you i was still there yeah that's right i wasn't quite sure if you were just coming in and out of there no, no, that's the first time we met yeah fcw wade barrett and i were the tag team champions there for that's a while right. and eventually i uh, got the chance to be fcw champion and feud yeah. with sheamus a little bit so those were i'm curious good times. i'm curious because i mean i know like what because i haven't been i've actually believe it or not i've never been to the uh, performance center oh, really even during wrestlemania weekend i never went your mind will melt I know, right? <laughs> it's but um, like I have been to, I have seen the NXT operation, how everything works, and uh, talk to me about the difference between FCW and NXT now. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to verbalize, uh, right? You know, FCW was fantastic. I was actually there for the last six months of OVW. That's yeah. where I moved to initially when I just turned twenty-two. And then to get to FCW, like when you move from Scotland to Louisville, Kentucky, it's like uh, a bit of a culture shock. So when I went from Kentucky to Florida, it was going yeah. from black and white to color. I was, this is sure. where I'm supposed to be. And you know, it was a great environment. I really learned like who I was, like uh, Steve Kerr and Dr. Tom, Billy Kidman, Norman Smiley. And when it came to promos, Dusty Rhodes, you know, they really helped me hone who I was going to be. Like yeah. Steve saw that aggression, which I'm known for, in me and, you know, brought it out. And I really learned, but there wasn't really a much of a line to the, the main roster, if you like, I guess, That's back right. then. So, like, I mean, you got brought up to How SmackDown. You, sorry. Oh, no, sorry, Karen. How long were you there? Uh, I was there for just over a year, I believe. Maybe close to a year and a half. Actually, that's a pretty, that's pretty quick fast track to the uh, main yeah. roster. But, I mean, when I came to America, I landed in Louisville, and it just so happened the writers were there on yeah. my first week, and they needed a body in the ring. I didn't realize they came once every six months. And they just needed someone to work with somebody. I guess mm -hmm. they liked what they saw. And I debuted on my fourth week in America as the fastest guy ever from developmental. Yeah. And they were telling me in the ring on SmackDown, work the hard cam, kid. And I was like, what the hell is a what hard cam? About? I work all four sides, brother. I don't know what, <laughs> yeah. what yeah, a hard camera is. All four so, sides. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, I guess uh, Vince liked what he saw. And they kept me on the road. And I was learning for six months on the house shows, just trying to get me up to speed. 
of you know the American style, the TV sure. style, and then I went to FCW, came off of the road, and really, really learned and honed who I was going to be in FCW. But when I was coming up to the roster, they were telling me I was going to be a model character, the runway man, and sure. I was 260. I leaned up to like uh, about 225 at the time, was ready for this right. gimmick, had the meeting with Vince, asked me what I thought. I just told him, whatever it is, I'll do a good job. And eventually, they just kept me as you know serious and something I'm more comfortable yeah. with. And yeah, it was a. Uh, and a relearning process, I guess. With the NXT now, like it's unbelievable. It's like you go in there, you've got your character, you're on the TV show. It's such a cool place, cool buzz. The fans get to know you, and it's an exciting time when you debut on Raw or SmackDown. And you know the comparison is just you, you can't compare. Like if you went to that performance center, like you would do the same thing I did. You would sit down, look around, and go, "Oh my god, this is unbelievable!" Like like Hunter's the one that put it all together, and yeah. he's done a hell of a job. And I just noticed that the. The atmosphere is is so much different. Like it's it's uh, and just the I don't want to say I don't know how to put them not the morale but maybe I guess the morale the morale okay that's the right word to use of of the of the roster NXT roster is just seems to be so much better. Oh yeah, and that's just like me coming back now. Like when I left, it was still I guess you consider it developmental. Yeah, it had the show. It was just a huge performance center. But you know, I went away and the, the buzz started. It really caught on fire, and the level of talent was just unbelievable. When I came back, I recognized so many faces from my travels over the years, and uh, just the the buzz in the locker room, the way the shows are put together, you know how much your opinion is valued, and it's a team effort now, and that's what it really feels like. It's just one big team effort, and I didn't want to be on Raw or SmackDown. You know, yeah. I've said that publicly before. I wanted to be part of NXT, and you know, the really... idea of Hunter bringing me into his baby and wanting me to be part of it was just a huge honor because I wanted to be there, and I walked in and went, "This is a place I was supposed to be." It really doesn't have a developmental feel to it, Drew. To no, be honest with you, at all, at all man. Yeah. It's a major brand. And I don't look at it. Like, nothing drives me more crazy. I said this when I came in initially as the moving up thing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I got like, you. I, like, it's its own. Like, I understand it's not got the same size of stage at the moment, but that is not a developmental. That is not some right. fifth thing. It is maybe the third brand, but it's one of the brands. And I guarantee in the next Superstar Shake-Up, I said initially when the Shake-Up comes, I want there to be transfers between the three brands because it really is that good and you can't, shouldn't sure. be looking at it or putting it out there you know, perception-wise as this is third rate because it's not. If everyone stops putting it out perception-wise as moving up or moving down or whatever, I, then it's going to be seen as top flight, which it should be because it is so unbelievably good and you can tell me you watch yes. the show how good it is and it gets me fired up talking it about it. You can hear it in my voice. Like, I won't swear because we're keeping it PG, but it annoys me. The only thing we try to shy away from here is really the F-bombs, but like, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, you guys want to jump in at all? Sure. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to bogart the whole conversation. It's good to catch up. Uh, so you're talking about the, the amount of the, the brand that's happening and built, being built in NXT. There's so much talent in the Performance Center. There's so much talent in NXT, especially these days. Just tons and tons of people. Do you think that there's ever going to be a point where NXT goes to more than an hour as a show? Uh, honestly, I think it's perfect right now. Like the way it is, like we're not all on every week's show. It's exciting when each person comes on, and you know I understand why in Ron SmackDown it has to be that way, but I like what we've got going. That's what makes it cool, and we yeah. do have that incredible like talent roster, and there's just more guys come in all the time, and it's just I'm excited to work with some of these guys. Excited for the kind of television we're going to put together, and like I say, there's never felt more of a team than I do in NXT, and 
Speaking of NXT, actually, since we're in town today and this comes out this afternoon, yeah. this is not a week That's delay right. or anything. No. We've got a show in LA tonight. I don't know if there's tickets there, but you might want to check. And then we're off to Bakersfield tomorrow, then San Jose, then Sacramento. It's the final shows before the big show, the biggest show of the year, next Saturday, the 19th, yeah. on the network, 999. The yeah, takeover. Man. And you know, this run. I want to get right that here? in before I forget. <laughs> <laughs> this run is very similar to the first house show run I ever had at WWF. We, we are, my first house show run. One of the dates was L.A., but actually Anaheim at the Pond. It was the very first event ever in the Pond. We opened it up. Uh, $105,000 house, and we were ecstatic. Oh, yeah? I remember Kurt Henning going, is this your first $100,000 house, kid? You know, mind you, like, that's not even a big house anymore, really. Um, but, I, but, like, all these sh- what I'm getting at, the point I'm trying to make is all these shows are going to do better than the respective shows that I was on. They're going to draw more people, everything. I can and imagine I, we the talent level roster. you had back then. Though. Yes, it was we were loaded, yeah. loaded, man, top to bottom, and that, and we weren't drawing, we weren't drawing, and you guys are, and it's great. So, but the thing, you know, you're talking about like uh, the perception of the talent, you know, moving, making horizontal or lateral movements between the three brands, like in this shakeup, like, man, and you don't have to. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll spit it up. The. The pay structure in NXT kind of, if if it was a little bit more similar to, um, you know, the main roster as far as house show pay and all that, I think it would do a lot to help. Uh, I don't know, and I can understand that. Like the the thing I have is just you know the talent putting it sure. out there is all about yes. perception. I understand that, and you feel that, and you keep that to yourself. <laughs> but it's the perception you put out there because we have such a cool brand. And if you do anything to affect the name of it and affect the perception of it, why would you do that? Right. I want everyone to be pushing this as the brand it is, the top brand as far as I'm concerned, and it's all about perception. And yes. You're going to have things that you know you personally feel, and you know when I go there, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make this money, but right now I'm here, and I'm going to put out the best perception possible, and the best perception possible is I'm part of the coolest and best brand, and I won't it make it look bad in any way. That's the problem I have. Yeah. Uh, Drew, after your first uh, release from WWE, you reinvented yourself by going all over the world and wrestling all these different wrestlers of many different styles. How did, what made you want to reinvent yourself and how did that prepare you for your second run with the WWE? Um, well, everything I I learned, like I talked about FCW and, uh, you know, getting the chance to be on the road and work with guys that aren't there anymore that have been around for a long time and you know having mentors like uh, Fit Finlay and William Regal and just the unbelievable wealth of knowledge around me and the people I learned from that prepared me for when I wasn't with WWE like I had all the tools necessary that I was able to sit down and say look like my wife was asking me you know you okay this is you know your life's work and whatever and I said I think so it's going to get pretty cool right now I have a clear vision of what I want to do I wanted to go back to Scotland to a company called ICW Insane Championship yeah. Wrestling put my mission statement out there let the world know, you know, that I'm coming, I've got a lot to offer, and, you know, the Scottish wrestling scene, the UK wrestling scene is about to reach a level it's never reached before, and I said some very bold things back then for the guy that was just in 3MB, and and a lot of people paid attention, Mick Foley went on Austin's podcast, talked about it, a lot of people really, you know, put it over, but in the end, a lot of people were like, all right, you know, that was a good promo, but that's that 3MB guy, and thankfully, just through hard work and the talent level we have in the UK and all the places I was fortunate enough to work with, we really pulled together and business grew to the point where the show in November there, when I returned, there was 1,500 people there. The show in November there had 8,000 people there, ICW, the biggest independent show of all time, and everyone just working together, just pulling the train, really driven this uh, industry to a new level in the independent scene to the point where WWE want to work with them Yes, these days uh, everyone's working together now for the betterment of this industry and it's a really really cool time in these past three years 
were just some of the best times of my entire career. It's one thing to be, you know, a cog or a successful cog in a huge machine, but to feel like you're really changing the business and giving to the business and driving it forward, that meant the world to me. And it's exactly where it needs to be right now. It's going to keep driving on without me. Now it's my time to go back and finish what I started in NXT. And, and you know, in, in the UK scene, is, it, I mean, there's a distinctive UK flavor. Like, I mean, that, that makes it British wrestling yeah. or UK, however you want to put it. And and like I know it's the ICW like it's like the the, pers- the personalities the characters oh it's yeah that's so that's the cool Scottish thing. yeah so UK and it's great man yeah, it's, the, it's the whole really of the UK fun. that's the cool thing about the UK is like there's so many guys such talented wrestlers there but also they've got the characters I've found with the American scene like yeah. evolve in places that I've, I've been able to represent you know it's very in ring based and the top in ring wrestlers on the planet. Perhaps, and then when it came to the UK, we got great talent, but with these crazy characters as well. And you know, to to be like, going back there with these crazy characters, having fun, but also their guys that I came up in the scene with like 15, 16 years ago, and just having that success with your buddies is the craziest feeling in the world. Being able to share that with them, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. sit back after a show and look at each other and start laughing and go, "We just drew the biggest independent show of all time." Remember that time in the first show when we had twenty people in the crowd? <laughs> it's an amazing feeling, man. Oh, it's like, unbelievable. That's truly living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of all your buddies, you made your debut at BOLA for PWG, and there's this great picture of you and all your UK guys hanging out behind the banner. How important was that to you to not only make it to PWG, and what was your experience like there? Uh, That's the place that when you, I guess, uh, are accepted in PWG, you feel that you truly made it an independent scene, and you know, to the ones who know, that's the, the mecca of independent wrestling, and I had the opportunity to be part of BOLA. A lot of people had you know, put a word in. Um, you know, you need to give Drew an opportunity because guys from WWE past or my size are generally not given that opportunity in PWG. And I got that chance, and Roderick Strong actually is the one who said you should uh, put him with Mike Bailey. I know I'll have a good match with him. Roddy's one of my favorite opponents in the world. And that night, you know, I was a little nervous, but I got in there with Bailey and we, you know, bust our ass. The crowd were just unreal. The atmosphere is unreal. And at the end of it, I got the, you know, please come uh, back chant and, you know, saw everybody's face afterwards and just had that feeling. And I was like, wow, I feel like I've really arrived in the independent scene and you know for a guy that doesn't you know fit the stereotypical mold of the pwg wrestler that felt you know pretty pretty cool that i was able to to do that there did you know of mike bailey before you wrestled him there uh, I was aware of him, but I had you didn't... seen him, or when you showed up and you're like, I was this basically, kid is the guy uh, I'm wrestling. Like my schedule was uh, traveling back and forth to the UK and America every three weeks for three years straight, basically. So I was on one of my many, many, many plane rides as the busiest wrestler in the world, googling him like crazy, and I was like, wow, this guy is pretty good. But after the match, I was like, this guy is unbelievable. Why is he not on television somewhere? Yeah, you guys kicked the shit out of each other. I think we have clips of it going. Or yeah, we, we might did. have. We did. We did, but. Oh, he's great. Like, like in a safe way, like that's the way that I believe the business, you know, should be. And what uh, draws the most money is, you know, looking like you're having a actual fight without walking away with any injuries. Was there, go ahead. Was there anyone on the indies that you didn't get to work when you came back? That now you're back in NXT that you're like, man, I really wish I would have had a match with that guy before I came back. Uh, honestly, I think I pretty much got the chance to work with everyone. The, the thing, the big match everyone kept pushing for the first couple of years was Drew and AJ for a long time, but that's something that could conceivably happen now. Yeah, but that, sure. that's basically the only one initially when he signed back. Everyone was like, oh, especially me. And again, right now, I am with coming the superstar shakeups and when the three rosters are seen as the three rosters, that's something that will, it wouldn't conceivably happen. It's going to happen, like McIntyre versus AJ. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
How has yeah. the transition been for you? Because, you know, when you were uh, in the indies, you were wrestling like 25 plus minutes a night, you know, going hard all the time. And now you're wrestling, you know, a different style where you don't get as much time to tell a story. How is that transition for you? Uh, to be honest, I do, aside television, I do get that time like on the, the NXT live shows that I just mentioned. We got one in LA tonight. <laughs> um, we, know we do get that opportunity. We're not told to, to hold back anyway. We've never been told to hold back in any way. And this WWE style thing, it's not really a WWE style. It's just doing something that makes sense. Like I'm, That's one of the biggest things I took from here was learning how to tell a story and do it in that right way and also have a good match. You can do it all. You can tick all the boxes if you just learn how to do it. And that's the biggest thing I took back to the UK scene and trying to show guys you know, how to do it and help you know, uh, bring them up. So I'm a little, a little, kind of a little bit off track here. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're like, reel me back in. I don't know. It's, it's, I will go off on the random, random subjects. What was the original not, question? I was about to just start going off on a big play. Like changing your style from TV wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. I was about to just go off on a big talk about the UK scene. I was like, wait, that wasn't even the question in the first place. I love do, t- do you feel like I love you changed tangent, your style? But no, no, that's the thing. Is about uh, you know telling a story out there is the the biggest thing of all. And like even like the television matches, you can have if you get six minutes, you're gonna make the most of that six minutes it doesn't mean cram six thousand moves in the six minutes you're going to pick the moments to get your face time to get your story over it's a short story but chances are the story is about one particular person and when the other person knows their role you work together and that's what it's all about and once you learn the key to ticking all the boxes and getting both guys over getting the story over and uh, having the good match even if it's a short match that's when you really start thriving and the biggest thing of all that I've finally done over the past few years I relax these days yeah. when you relax you actually enjoy yourself the fans yeah. enjoy themselves more and you remember everything my first few years are just a blur because I was so tense the whole bloody time yeah and some, it's really hard to keep yourself in the moment too man when you're like that yeah like it's, exactly it's just yeah it's like what's next what's next well speaking of the UK I know you have your match against Bobby Roode at TakeOver for the NXT title Maybe when you win that title, will you plan on being the first guy to win the NXT title in the UK Championship together? You want to go face Pete Dunne? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Why on earth wouldn't I? Have um, you ever worked with Pete Dunne? I've never actually worked with Pete Dunne one-on-one. We had a tag match during the Downwood Festival. Uh-huh. With NXT, we got to interact a little bit. But yeah, I would love to, to work with him. He's a, a hell of a talent. Just a testament to the level of the, the UK wrestlers. I keep talking about the UK scene. I love That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great, man. But, it's uh, great. But no, like, it's unbelievable. To, when I left, we were all basically teaching each other and trying to figure it out. We were building a scene when I moved to America. Yes. I was six years of building a scene, and I went away. And while I was away, those guys kept going and kept growing the scene. And when I came back and I saw the level of guys, and I saw people like Pete and I was like, wow, we're a lot more advanced than we used to be. So yeah, if I man. get an opportunity, that'd be unreal. But yeah, next Saturday, the takeover, like you say, that's, I don't know if we're going to get there eventually, but this is the match that, you know, everything, like 17 years of wrestling, the past few years, just everything I've done has been built into this match. And I'm trying not to, you know, think about it too much because I've got these four shows to focus on first, but it's... Like, I guarantee everybody at. it's going to be a spectacle. Like if you've ever, anyone's ever watched any of my matches and enjoyed them, the Bailey one, Mike Bailey one, or whatever we're talked about already, this is going to be a match that tops all of them. I'm going to bring out things you've never seen me do before. Nice, man. Uh, and it, it's going to be in quite possibly the nicest arena in the world. Have you ever been to the Barclays? Oh, I have. It's amazing, right? Oh, there's, yeah. Do you know they have grass on the roof? No. Yeah. Wow. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a yard up there. Anyways, that's, that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, it's going to be a sold-out Barclays Center, and the, the place is going to be electric. And that's the best feel, That's the best drug in the world, man. Yeah. In the world. I 
can't even like imagine. Like, I got the chance to to do a match in Chicago yeah. with NXT for the the TV prior to takeover. I've never done a takeover. I've only been back four months. This is my first takeover, and it's for the title against Rude. Mm-hmm. You know, in the main event, and um, you know, it's something that a lot of people might know. Be like, oh my god, the pressure! But I'm just beyond excited for this opportunity, and the way I see it is just everything's been leading to this moment. Sure and my does. story, my ups, my downs, my everything has just led to this match, and I guarantee everyone will be talking about it after. So, was somebody going to say something? Uh, yeah, you know, I think one of the things that makes your matches like so unique and so enthralling when you're watching them is that you're able to adapt to different wrestler styles. Was that difficult for you to, you know, be able to, you know, like adapt to each and every one of them? Uh, no, I enjoy it. Like, uh, if everyone was the same, it'd be so bloody boring. But, uh, you know, I love when someone's a different style, different sizes, different styles. Like, I probably work better with the smaller flyers. I was wondering but I, that. But I also, like, enjoy the heavyweights, like, yeah. slugging it out with each other. But, yeah, I, I just love when, like, especially in WWE now, NXT, there's just a smorgasbord of different shapes and sizes. It's not yeah. all the jack models or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's cool to get that in different styles and different characters. It's just yeah. very different now. And I've, I've been around long enough with WWE to watch it evolve into the, the way it is now and people can relate more to these different characters rather than everybody being exactly the yeah. same and we were talking um, since you brought that up we were talking earlier about uh, you know like maybe some guys telling you hey you're a big guy maybe you should work stronger or, you know not sell this or that yeah and you know we were talking about Scott Hall yes. and how and his philosophy and like you know he's always sold for for everyone so he could work with everyone he had and it, it just opened up the you know uh the possibilities of so many different people you can work with and, and draw money with. Like if, if they can't get you in trouble, you can't make any money with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I one hundred percent agree with that. And what we were talking about there, it was you know Shawn Michaels that mentioned that, yeah. that to me. Uh, when people would tell me you know work like a bigger guy, I was like, oh, well, work like a bigger guy well, in the right times. But also, I'm going to have the good match, and I want to be able to work with everybody. And you know, we can cover all the boxes that we talked about earlier. Just doing it the right way. There's nothing more boring than a big plodding guy, unless mm-hmm. you're legitimately seven foot four or something. Right. And Sean hits you with the Scott Hallism, right? The, maybe you need to get a big, bigger TV. Yeah, <laughs> so, in real life, yeah, yeah. People are always saying to me, "Man, you're a little bigger in real life." And I'm like six five, two sixty, right. legit. Like six of my boots. So I know my reply all the time is just go, "Oh yeah, maybe you should get bigger TV." Oh, yeah, that was, the, that was the standard reply oh, yeah. every and time. To me now, it's like the same. As soon yeah. as someone says it's automatic, it just comes out your mouth without thinking. Yeah. How's the weather up there, cold? <laughs> well, speaking uh, of Scott, you did mention that uh, this time around in NXT, like he's one of your mentors or coaches. What's that experience been like? Oh, or, Sean. sorry, Sean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've not something hey, no, I've really spoke about publicly yet, but you know, Sean Michaels teaches pro wrestling at the Performance Center, and uh, when I come in, the contract I have, I don't, you know, technically have to be there. I've been fortunate, you know, with the the deal I have. But then, when you've got that opportunity, you're in that position. Then it's up to you. You know whether you want to sit in your ass, mm-hmm. or you have an opportunity to go and work with the best in-ring wrestler of all time. <laughs> and I ask, hey, can I go work with Shawn Michaels at the PC? And I've been there for maybe the past, you know, six, seven weeks. And just being in there, there's a, a few of us, a select few that've been wrestling a long time. It is literally like studying for your PhD in wrestling, wow. like the way you know he does it. I won't give too much away because the first rule. About Sean's classes, don't talk about Sean's class. So that's like that's like learning uh, the ways of the force with Yoda. Exactly, that, that's exactly what it's like. It really yeah. feels that way. Like it's surreal. Like he, he said it as well at first. You know, we had a conversation after the first class, and you know, he appreciates that I drove there, or whatever. But in the end, 
I, told, I would drive across the country oh, to work shit, with, right. with Shawn Michaels and whatever, and he said, you know, eventually it won't be like that anymore. I'll just be a regular old Shawn, but it never yeah. becomes like that for any of us. The guys in there are guys that have done it for a long time, you know, love this business and should be in that class working with him, and it never gets old. Whenever I, you have a question or yeah. any, any of us have a question, we just ask Shawn Michaels the best of all time. Yeah, right? <laughs> that was pretty crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't aware that, actually, that he had that kind of that advanced secret, you know, he's talked about it himself but it's not yeah. talked about it too much so i was just surprised he actually like they actually talked him into selling his place in texas and moving to orlando yeah as soon as i heard like he was there that was the first thing i was yeah. thinking how am i gonna weasel my way into this thing and then okay. <laughs> was, hey can you say who else goes to the secret class <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can. All right, but, <laughs> so, but I remember that first rule and second rule. Well, right. being, <laughs> being such a lifelong fan since you were like ten, ha working with Shawn Michaels and having him as a mentor now, would you say that's your biggest like mark out moment you've had in your career? Or? Oh, I've had tons. Of stuff I can't even put into into words or remember half the times that I've reacted. Like I am th that big a fan. Like uh, you know, uh, Brett was like my favorite wrestler when I was younger, um, and I had the opportunity to become. Like close with him, and uh, when I was Intercontinental Champion, we traveled a tour of Germany yeah. together. So we were sitting in the bar and whatever, and I've got like a picture that I love, like with me with the IC title with Brett, and you know the things that I've spoke about and learned from him. And now I'm working with like Sean, like two of like my favorite ever and the best <laughs> like ever. It's just you know that's pretty surreal, and uh, just shows in Scotland like in front of sold out crowds and the opportunity to to do promos in front of my family. Like, my mom's no longer with us, but I got the chance to to do promos in front of like my family. And Arn Anderson told me one time, just say whatever you want. There's one particular one. I got yeah. the spotlight put on my mom and dad, and I told everybody to be real quiet and put their hands together slowly for the night. The lights were just right. The music was just right. My mom and dad came together and created me, and I got everyone to applaud for the night. My dad did it. We <laughs> 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 a sold-out building in Scotland. That's great. Later on, she's like, oh, you. And I was like, you'll be telling your girls that at the cards now. And it's memories like that. And I was just no longer with us. The money can't buy memories like that. And, Man. you know, things like that. Those are the kind of things that, you know, like, not necessarily to... mark out, but, like, lifetime memories that you never and, forget. Uh, and this I, business provides. Yeah, and the, the memories that, I mean, uh, being the parent... Yeah, like, as a parent, as myself. annoyed as you act, like secretly, like oh I know it's going to wake when Drew did this, and then every other parent's like, "Oh, well, <laughs> that's pretty crazy." Not you, Jimmy, down at the the yeah, fast food joint. Yeah, do this that. is what my son did for me in front of like thousands of people. What, and tell me what your son does for you? So, yeah, <laughs> pretty surreal. But that's the thing. Like it's it's a sacrifice. Like I did have to move away. Like you know, the, I've been gone yeah. ten years. I didn't get to see my friends and family, and that was the hardest thing of all. But been able to, you know, have memories like that, you know, and follow my dream and all I ever wanted to do. That's, you know, pretty cool. A pretty cool life. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about, um, like, before you left to WWE, you know, uh, the whole 3MB experience. How do you look at that? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> so two well, guys I mean, I'm friends with. And yeah. We're getting paid to be silly on TV. Like, everyone was like, and I appreciate everybody out there that, you know, kind of fought for me. Like, Drew should be doing something right. serious. and. You know, he's a big guy and he can wrestle and whatever. And I appreciate all that. But the reality is, you know, I wasn't doing anything for a little while at that point. Like, Vince had an idea. I was injured at the beginning of it, which meant I really couldn't do anything. And it right. kept us on TV and it meant I got to have a laugh with a couple of my buddies. And I look at it as a fun time. You know, I did have uh, bigger aspirations, yeah. And I'm still young enough. I just turned 32 last month. And, uh, you know, I did all the things that I've done so far. Yeah. But I look back at that like, man, that was some fun times. And I Now I'm doing what I planned to do all along, but that was fun. Yeah. And I never saw, like, every time I saw you during that period, you, 
always maintain a fantastic attitude. You never boo-boo fit. You never had that, you know, lip, bottom <laughs> lip sticking out. That's the, walking the worst around. thing. That's the kiss of death so, once you get that. <laughs> yeah. you know. In the end, like, you got to take a step outside or if you have to, look back what your friends are doing back home in the real world and then just realize that no matter what you're doing, you're doing what you always wanted to. You're living the dream and maybe not necessarily what you had envisioned, but when it's something like the 3MB, that was just fun and you know, since yeah. then we've all done what we've done. Like, buddy uh, Heath's uh, had his kids gimmick with uh, with Rhino and having right. a great time. And Jinder's went on to be the body guy and world champion, and That's I'm, right. uh, achieved the things I've achieved the past few years in main event and takeover with Bobby Roode. So, in the end, you know, we had all those fu- uh, fun times, and now we're doing what we're doing now. And maybe one day, once we're you know not still young, that we can reform the group when we don't have to take pumps anymore. I, I think. <laughs> I think it would get over huge. And it's a thing nostalgia is like people remember things differently than they actually happened. Well, yeah, I hope you know that three MB, especially like among the circles that I that I'm in, three MB is huge. Like people, like everyone I know, three MB is like one of their favorite things that's happened over the oh, that's last awesome. like summer. That was cool talking with the fans. Like when you, see, you heard people talk about it, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like they're having fun with us because you could see like you're saying no boo boo faces, we're out there and just right. had a laugh. We had fun and people were in on the fun with us. Like they do. Like it's like it's all like you know a good time and whatever. Yeah. And they were having a good time with us and we were legitimately going out and hanging out during that period. Like and so, so we were just like living the gimmick with them. Was there ever a point in time where you got frustrated uh, with that and, and and with your position? At, uh, you know, uh, not in 3MB, uh, maybe when I was younger, uh, when I wasn't, uh, well, I was the tag team champion and a continental champion, I'd done the chosen one stuff, uh-huh. and then I wasn't doing anything, I certainly got frustrated during that period, yeah. um, and uh, possibly, definitely, you know, acted out a little bit. And, was it like a creative satisfaction, frustration, or, yeah. or a money thing, or what? No, no, it was never a money thing, I don't think, my, maybe I should have more money conversations in my I career, but basically, sure. my, like, you know, the older I get, the more I think that we have a mortgage and stuff now, well, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, no, it's always been about creative satisfaction for me. You know, this is if I don't feel creatively fulfilled, I can be a bit of a botheration. When I was younger as well, like I was a bit of a, you know, a hothead. I had a lot of you know personal stuff going on. Like my mom, like, got sick while I was, uh, you know, just after that chosen one stuff, and I was really yeah. going through a tough time, and I was really acting out during that period. So. Uh, in the end, I was, and as well, I moved to America when I was 21, 22, and I was inside this bubble growing up in it, and I really didn't have a perspective of the real world. I, I had to step away. Like, being away was the best thing that could ever happen to me. I stepped away. I became a man. Yeah. I really learned, you know, how to build my business and build other businesses and got myself where I needed to be in the business where I needed to be for me to come back, and it was the right time for both of us, and it worked for both of us. For sure, man. Like, I look at how, at like, your departure and then showing up and. I see that over in, in, in England. Yeah, or, I'm not sure if it was Scotland or whatever. Yeah, yeah Scotland. Um, and then, like, what culture, pro wrestling, all that stuff, Australia. Um, it was Evolve just. everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, I was <laughs> every, literally everywhere. Yeah, like, what culture as well. I like, had a great, great title run there and really, really good times. But, yeah, I was. I think at one point I was the Australian champion, the Denmark champion, the Germany champion, the ICW champion, the Evolve and Dragon Gate double champion. I can't remember. I, I think I was, I was. I kept saying Ultimo Dragon. I'm coming for it. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, you took the, you took the things that you learned in WWE and yeah, that's the thing. And then you were able to uh, cultivate your own image, your own persona, not not the companies. And it seems like 
you carried that back in with you, right? Absolutely, and yeah. that's the thing. Uh, you know, took all the lessons I learned, but also, um, you know, watching people like the Matt Hardys and the likes, the social media yeah. people. I, I like. I had always had a clear vision in my head through social media. I can take everyone in this journey with me. We can grow together. Yep. And that's uh, you know exactly what I did. But yeah, it was such a crazy ride. But I really found myself as a performer and as a man, and really grew up a lot. And you know, I just where I need to be. Like I, I look back and I'm like. And like I, I wouldn't have made myself champion back then. Yeah. I wasn't ready, but now like I'm ready for everything. There's nothing that can be thrown at me that I've not seen nice. done, and I'm ready for, and still young enough to be able to do it all. Now, when when you when you departed WWE, uh, was there any kind of like fear of going back out into the you know? I mean, because you know, once you're there for a while, I mean, you get caught up in the fam, like part of the family, and like oh yeah, it's like easy to think there's nothing else besides WWE. Yeah, and that's kind of like how I felt when I was there like uh, when it came to like the idea of not being there I was like man I, I, this is what I'm used to this is where yes. I grew up I grew up in WWE and yeah. I became an adult in WWE so yeah initially there was you know I, I got the call and I sat down I was by myself like I said the wife was at work and I just thought it through and I went alright this is my chance this is you know put up or shut up I spoke to a couple of guys that had been in a similar position and they told me well here's how it goes you go out there you make you know what you make from TV you play the character you were in WWE and then the money eventually goes down and you find money you stay at and I heard that and I went that's not me I'm not going to be that guy that just goes down I'm going to make something different I'm going to be me and I'm going to grow and I'm going to be worth more and I'm going to come one of the top wrestlers in the world yeah I got that clear vision in my head and just pushed myself and pushed myself and I don't know how my wife put up with it because I was never home and was literally the busiest wrestler in the world and I went from I know like PWI is not the be all and end all these days but it meant a lot to me as a kid to watch myself go from the high 300s and when uh -huh. I left to joint 10 last year with Cena and it's, you know that's pretty cool and like a testament it to is cool. busting your arse for a few years and you can really make things happen if you it, just push and push and have a very very understanding life it is cool <laughs> it is cool and and it's good to be proud of shit like that like when people go oh you're such a mark for you know f you like i mean work your ass off and like your you know entire life for this it's okay to be proud of uh number 10 and top you know pwi or wrestler of the year and and this or wrestling observer best you know like come back whatever absolutely you know i mean and and are these the same people that think the belt's not real or whatever sure like, you're rewarded for your hard work and somewhere yeah. giving compliments for your hard work that's you know you take that and go thank you i appreciate it and that. i understand why people some people have had that mentality but like I, I, I want to enjoy, like, I'm, I'm still a fan, even though I'm in wrestling. And so, like, it's not just all about the money, you know? Uh, absolutely. And that, like, hopefully never stop becoming fans, because the second you get comfortable is, like, this is, you know, a big thing I've learned, especially recently. But it's something I did naturally without being pointed out. The second you become comfortable is yeah. the second you're screwed. You'll never reach that top level, top, top level. You never stay at that top, top level yeah. if you become comfortable. Hey, do you, uh, do you watch uh, any wrestling other than like, what you're doing these days? Uh, I try to, uh, but yeah, it's like non-stop no, at the moment. No. But I try to look at my phone. I watch you know, who, uh, what's going on. Who are you a fan of? <sighs> God, this is the time Sorry. I don't. I don't, don't want to do I'm, like I'm what's your favorite or... color question? Because yeah. like, yeah. I don't want this. But I'm just curious. Like, yeah, you know, I know. Like, I can, maybe guys, I like wrestling. Uh, or, uh, you have matches with me. Uh, like you know, like. Uh, like most people are going to say like the, the Kenny Omegas and stuff because sure. I, would, I would say that as well because I really enjoy watching him wrestle because he's really good yeah. somebody I'd love to wrestle um, did you ever not, did you not ever no, uh, no, get to get in the ring with him at CW uh, no never he, I don't, he wasn't there 
Uh, the the big thing when I left initially, everybody was pushing like Drew in New Japan. And, yeah. Uh, it just never materialized. Like, the way my career went, we were never able to to make that happen. Um, so him and I never get the chance to to actually right. wrestle. But I got the chance to wrestle most of the guys that kind of had the buzz that are you know real good, like the Ospreys and Ricochets and sure. Alex. And you know I had a couple of my favorite matches with those guys, like an Osprey. You know, someday I hear everybody talking about, you know, it doesn't know what he's doing, whatever. That's just not true That's at all. That's not true like, at all, yeah. You know, we had the match, and we told the story that needed to be told, and I was the good guy. He was taking heat on me, and the crowd believed 100%. I watch it back now, and I put it up there with, with any match, one of my favorites, and what he can do in the ring is just unbelievable, but he knows exactly what he's doing, and anyone that says that is just watching the highlights of the matches or if they're specifically We're just doing that We're watching something out of for, context. Yeah, like that's yeah. exactly A highlight reel of him and Ricochet and yeah, then going, oh, that's Hopefully I know exactly what they're doing. There's a couple of my, my favorite opponents yeah. that, when it comes to the flying guys who can do things that human beings should not be able to do. Osprey's kind of a natural heel, huh? Sorry. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, yeah he's in real life, he's just the nicest you. guy. But, yeah, but he comes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's crazy. Like you'll say, like, he got the heat on me in that match. Right. I'm three times the size of him, but the crowd believed it, and they got into it. Going back to the Help. Scott Hall philosophy of being able to work with anybody. So exactly. Yourself or anyone could get you in trouble. 100%, and because yeah. of that, and getting the people to believe we had one of my favorite matches and feel creatively fulfilled and really nice. came back feeling like, man, we really did something there instead of me just plodding around beating on you. <laughs> yeah, then, you, you know, the... You're a giant among uh, British wrestlers or UK wrestlers. Like, I mean, you're kind of a, you're still a big, big wrestler, you know, here in the states or WWE, but like, kind of a mid, uh, mid up, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like these days, maybe like bigger than it was before. I've watched like kind of the shape. You say the shapes and sizes have yeah. changed. Like, those the guys who are big are generally really big, like the Strowmans and big <laughs> shows now. Like, um, when my boots are like six, seven, two, sixty. Like these days, that's you know, a pretty big guy. Yeah, um, but there's not too too many of us. But it's cool that there are so many different shapes and sizes. Well, in the UK, and, there's not a lot of big no, guys. No, no, I'm like Lesnar or whatever in the UK. <laughs> like, like that, I throw, yeah. I, I see challenges. I still use the overhead suplex. I run the guy to the corner and I uh -huh. throw them, and oh, they always land flat. But I used to see how far we could we could get some guys, <laughs> and I tell them. So we're doing people tossing today. <laughs> while, we're, while we're talking about your favorite guys of the Indies, why don't you tell us like what are what are a few guys that maybe we haven't seen yet in the PC or in NXT that you think have the potential to just be enormous? Or, or who should we keep our eye on? Uh, I can't keep putting me on the spot. <laughs> I forget, and then I leave, and then I go, why didn't I see uh, mm -hmm. this dude? Uh, man, there's just, there is so many. Um, I, I was in the gym the other day. They have like performance shows, like in-house shows for people to practice, and I was working out in the gym, and I could see it. And there's a lot of people doing well. I just don't want to single them out because then they'll get a big head uh, <laughs> want them to keep pushing so do they do they bring in the audience to watch those shows or just uh, like the, the people the that are already members. Around? yeah like uh, people that are in the PC there's a lot that's a big difference between FCW and NXT like the we had about 40 people or something <laughs> it seems uh, there's about 4,000 people there uh, so they've got plenty of bodies um, but yeah there's, like I say there's so many you know different people in different styles yeah. But yeah, you really can't single people out. There's just so many different people, but so many good people. And the cool thing is, they are working on those different styles and whatever. And Sarah's just done an insane job with the girls as well. Like the, the oh, level. Sarah Del Rey. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. Like the level of like women dressing, like they're like on our shows as well, and NXT yeah. as well as the Run SmackDown. Uh, they're still in the show. I was I was so hoping that we'd be getting to see Sarah in a WWE ring, but I think there's some like you know. Some injuries or something. Yeah, it's so it's, hard, so hard to pass that physical to work full time in WWE. It's like, oh yeah, they like, check everything head to toe. True. The, half the guys that I worked with in the Attitude Era and the '90s and all that, 
would never have been able to work full time in WWE. Yeah. Never been able to pass that physical. Oh, yeah, you know, torn tendon here, torn this, torn bicep. You know, I mean, it's they don't mess around anymore. No, man. no. What's the physical like? head to toe. Um, everything. Like your heart, lungs. Okay. Stress body, test and all that? Yeah, like knees, yeah. shoulders. Um, you'll do your impact test, which is your, you know, concussion related. If you ever get hurt again, you'll have to do that again. But they, they literally check for everything. Like, and it's just saving like lives and making people aware that if, if they've got heart conditions, happened a couple of times, that you know that you're ready to go. Or if you got something wrong, they're able to tell you, so you're able to, you know, make sure you're around for for your kids in the future. So, um, one of your good friends, he was a groomsman in your wedding. He yes. is now a champion, so Jinder Mahal. What oh, was yeah. your conversation uh, like when, you know, he kind of changed his life to what he is right now? Uh, I'm so proud of everything he's uh, done with himself. Uh, we were literally, like, in a bar in Tampa, McDinton's. McDinton's, wow. <laughs> you know, Seamus still goes there to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years. Uh, it's where I met my wife as well. I oh, should be horrified I said that. <laughs> <laughs> People but, always uh, want to fight back then. So, yeah, don't tell me yeah. about it. But, uh, yeah, I met him there one time. Um, I, I wish I could pinpoint it. A couple of years ago, and, you know, he was telling me he's not wrestling so much. He'd went to 260, but not a good 260. And he was kind of not mm-hmm. motivated at the time, and he, he wasn't really following the, the path I was following, like sticking at the wrestling. And it seemed like, you know, he's a smart guy. He had his business things going on. He was talking about a franchise, hey, perhaps with Subway or whatever, right. and had his real estate going on. And it seemed like he was going to slow down on the wrestling. And then uh, he started, you know, getting himself back in shape, just kind of giving himself a kick in the arse. WWE had called to bring him back, really started following that track. It was just so driven and then stopped drinking. And I was watching him as he was doing it and yep. listening to him as he was doing it. He just kept pushing and pushing and, you know, it really motivated me and excited me to see him so motivated again, see my friend doing so good. And then he got himself into the most ridiculous condition I've ever seen just from busting his and ass. It's, it's, yeah, people can, like, roll their eyes or, like, Say whatever they want, but man, that is an incredible uh, amount of hard work. The the the, the training sessions like, oh, are he tra- sick, I train man. with him as well sometimes, and he trains like an absolute animal. Like, she- like him, myself, Seamus, like we bust their ass. But when it comes to diet, nobody touches him yeah. hey, on the diet, and he's worked his butt off. They're drug tests regular in the company. That's People right. can say whatever they want to say, but he has worked his ass off. And I was yeah. there the night in Chicago. Like I say, I did the pre-show for the TV for NXT the night before we stayed for the pay-per-view the next day with him and Randy I didn't want to know the result I told both of them don't tell me I watched it from the crowd and when he won most of the NXT roster were going to the bus I sprinted off like the bloody ultimate warrior straight to Gorilla <laughs> <laughs> and then I was right waiting there when he got back I was so over the moon for him I'd have to bust out a big that's hard work, guitar man. thing when he when he got the three count as well that's <laughs> hard work man that's what that's what the, that's what that'll do man so hard that, work a good attitude yeah you bust your talent. ass you keep the head up and yeah. like, he'll, like he'll say himself you know he got a bit down for a bit and he was just like what am I doing like and he, both of us, we looked back and we didn't give it everything we could during that first run. That we could have been not going out so many nights out. We could have been busting our ass a little more, or just certain areas we could have tried harder at. And both of us, both of us, have the same mentality of yeah. you know, we've learned from our mistakes. We're grown ass men now, and we're going to give it everything we've got. And when you give it everything you've got, then that's when you reap the rewards. Did you, Did you go ahead? Sorry, you were talking about your motivation to come back and be a top guy. And you're talking about how you're excited to be one of the faces of NXT or the face of NXT. Are you able to tell us at all about what the conversation was like as far as expectations when you got that call that they wanted to bring you back? Um, I mean, the, the call was basically, um, we feel like it's the right time. And it was the right time. And we're just going to give you, you know, an opportunity to, to be you. And uh, that's what it really came down to and all I've ever wanted 
was just that opportunity and that belief and they've been what they watch everything that's going on they're not blind to right. what's going on and you know that when it comes to nxt that's hunter's baby he's not just bringing people in for a laugh <laughs> you know that really meant a lot to me that you know he personally spoke to me and we had a good conversation for about 30 minutes and after that phone call like no matter what i was thinking prior or where i was thinking about going prior or what my plan might have been and that my mind was made up when i spoke to him and i felt like you know all that hard work just felt worth it after that that phone call and to get the opportunity and the platform that he's provided me is really you know it's cool like the same thing with gender busting his ass yeah. and getting that title just getting this opportunity you know from hunter for something that means so much to him really really means the world and you know i'm not gonna let him my fans my family or myself down do you know like when you i just might be kind of going backwards or whatever but like i was just thinking about um like the the confidence level must be through the roof right now for you huh uh, I mean, just always the same. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, for, like, I, I, what I, I mean by that is, like, when you leave WWE and you thrive the way you have, and then you're able to come back the way you have, man, come on, you got to be like, I can do anything. No, certainly not anything. I never come changed. On, like, I found that the way that you know you achieve like success and do well is just being a good guy like it's, yeah. it seems like it's hard work to be a bad guy and be a cocky guy it seems like a lot of work like I just yes. tend to just be you know be yourself what bust your ass I mean you get the opportunity when you know your match you know your segment just kill it every time and be nice to everybody and like I guess the upside for me is things like this I genuinely enjoy doing stuff like this and doing every interview and stuff so yeah. you work your bollocks off and then you'll get there and just don't be cocky but I've done it like I say for 17 years since I was 15 never had a real job and just this is fun for me and I get paid for it and Thankfully, paid very well for it. Never had a real job, never bounced. So, never no. bounced in the club? No, no. nothing. So, Just 15, wrestling. I was at uh, high school when I started on the weekends. At university, I missed half my classes because I was gone all the time. I remember, like, I would always try and ease people into being a wrestler. My first yeah. year at uni, some of the girls were looking through the register, typing people's names into Google, yeah. and they were bringing up silly images like, oh, such and such, you've got a gravestone in Kentucky, or oh, such and such, you run a business in this place. <laughs> Andrew Galloway, you're a professional wrestler, and it's actually you in your underpants. Everybody come <laughs> around the street. <laughs> so, like, I like to ease people into it usually. But that's all I've ever done. Then I worked full-time for, like, Brian Dixon during my summer holidays and my Easter holidays. Yeah. was always bent wrestling. And then I got signed when I was 21 and straight to America. My last year at uni, finished uni straight to America. And, and Brian, haven't stopped since. Brian Dixon was all-star Yes, all-star. The only other full-time place. That's right. Um, aside WWE and, well, I guess, Japan. He recently, like, he still has he still has some towns, but I heard, like, some of the towns yeah, aren't Yeah, I think uh, maybe Alex Shane does the camps now. Uh, okay. uh, but he still runs towns. Like, he never stops. He wouldn't be able to stop. He'd go insane if he stopped. <laughs> like, a man is just... Driven, 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 and one of the most successful British promoters of all time. Yeah, <laughs> you can right. say whatever you want about them, and people do, but no, you know, people he's very do, successful. but I've always heard, like, uh, like uh, above and beyond, like, the things that everyone will say. Oh, yeah, and he, like, like, he gave me an opportunity to learn. Like, there yeah. was nowhere to go full-time, and where I was learning, like myself and Seamus and Wade Barrett, we would go there. Like, that was our idea in our head. We were going to go there. That's the next step before WWE, and it was because we worked full-time. We got matches with guys that are more experienced. I got to be around Robbie Brookside. And, uh, and people when that you say full-time, Drew, you mean every stinking day. Oh, yeah. Day like, my summer holidays time. were four months straight, six yes. days a week with Tyson Kidd, who was there as well. We'd spend uh, time together. He helped me a lot as well, TJ. And so we literally would spend six days a week, five-hour, six-hour drives to these small Butlins camps yeah. every single day. We'd do set up the ring. We'd uh, do our singles match, which was usually the first match, maybe 20 minutes. Then we'd do our rumble at the end or a tag match, whatever. We'd take down the ring. We'd drive to the next town the, just every single day. The camps, you called them what? The butt. 
the Butlins, Butlins, Butlins camps. holiday camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know what they are. Can you explain that real quick? Uh, well, basically, like uh, in the UK, like you know, families that don't necessarily have so much money or whatever, yeah. go to these Butlins camps where they have like little chalets. They're like, like resorts, little, right? Yeah, yeah, like a resort. That's a good yeah. way to describe it. Where they have like their entertainment for the evening in like a big circus tent gimmick. Um, yeah. So the entertainment for the evening would be wrestling or uh, tribute show. Yeah, or yeah. Or they would have like, like a singer from the past, of the eighties right. or nineties or whatever. They're a comedian, whatever, and then wrestling would be there like uh, twice a week in the same Butlins, and we would kind of do the loop. We do yeah. one place one day, the next day, next day, next day, come back again. Yeah, and so wrestling's on this night and we get like 2,000 people there or something all the people yeah. on holiday would come in and back then like a good show when I was in the UK scene before I came to America was like 50, 100 people so to see yeah. 2,000 people we got the chance to learn how to work in front of a you know big crowd and that's where we really learned to get comfortable in front of a crowd and how to kind of play with their emotions which is one of the coolest things we do and this job is getting people, you know, up, getting them down, getting them angry, getting them sad. And, you know, yeah. that's a really good place. And Daniel Bryan's talked about it all the time, that you really learn to work a crowd doing those Butlins holiday camps. Nice. What kind of character? Were you always Drew Galloway when you were doing those camps? Or did you have to be, like, a tribute character at times? No, they no. Would do that. I, I was Drew Galloway with the kilt, the oh, Scottish okay. guy. Yeah, Brian looked after me. Like, he always liked me. I was his uh, big baby face, I guess, uh, with the kilt on that whip off like a stripper when I got to the <laughs> You mentioned the kilt. It makes me think of your new music. How are, how are you liking your new music compared to your old music? Uh, the 3MB one? Or? No, I <laughs> no, mean the, the original Drew Gallo, the <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Uh, I mean, you can't really compare them. Um, the one now suits me more. Um, just my demeanor and uh, everything, it just uh, you know suits me to a T. Um, the old one I loved and you know everyone loves and you know again nostalgia everybody's like begging for it right now which is cool when I like I say I love the song but the reality is the the way I used to come out and the the candons and steps and faces and everything I used to do just wouldn't really match match that song but I, yeah I love that song but the current one is um, you know perfect for me right now maybe eventually we'll add some words but I don't know I really like this new one there are a lot of younger guys in NXT. You know, working with them, what kind of relationship do you guys have, you know, asking you questions about since you've already been around it, you know, once over here in the company? Uh, just anybody that wants to uh, get some advice, I'm always happy to, to answer. I think people are sometimes intimidated or not sure what to do. Like the younger ones, it's generally the ones that have been doing it for a while <laughs> that ask, like, and I do the same. Like, uh, people like myself and Roderick Strong will ask each other to watch each other's matches, and that's usually what you do with your friends when you want to get better. I think the younger ones are kind of intimidated and they do ask and some of them will ask me to watch their matches and whatever but I'm always there for advice but anybody needs it like anywhere outside of wrestling or whatever tweet me you know I'm always there I've been around the block a few times and I'll be going around the block a bunch more times before I'm done Have you any matches with Chris Hero? I have I actually yeah. my first uh, indie match back I went to ICW did my return promo my first uh, match was with Evolve against Hero who was the champion at the yeah. time with Cassie Zono and uh, I beat him, and that was my first match. I won the title off him and uh, kick-started my year-long run with Evolve as nice. their champion. But, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, it's, I'm Last so year, happy. he was just killing it. Every show I was on, like, if he yeah. had a match on it, I don't care if I was on after him or before him, I was watching his bloody match. Sure, and you were in FCW with him at the same time, correct? Uh, or, I wasn't. I was already no? on SmackDown at the time, I think. Uh, when he was, I was watching yeah. uh, what was going on. But I did a couple of NXT shows when he was there. Good to see him back. Uh, oh, yeah. He's, again, a guy who's worked Amazing. his ass off his whole yeah. life. And is so bloody talented. You, have, you work with Matt Riddle? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Riddle was my last Evolve match, actually. So I beat Hero in the first title. Uh, first match, won the title. My last match, uh, I quit match with Matt Riddle. Uh -huh. We had a bit of a feud going on for the last few months I was there. And how then, uh, how'd you guys the match? To him. 
great. Yeah. Like uh, he's a former UFC fighter. Yeah. I don't have to convince anybody he's a tough guy. They know he's a tough guy. But the yeah. best thing is he's so, you know, chillaxed. He's so, okay, right. hey, bro. And they so like kind of guy you'd see at a bar and go, that is my guy here is not a tough guy. And then suddenly you're just lying on the ground. Like what okay. just happened to me? Like a legit yeah. badass. One of my favorite th- moments with us was I was doing one of my usual round the world trips. And uh, I was getting into New York super late. The flight had got messed up. Uh, we were going off the air in about 30 minutes or so, and I just touched down. I still had to get my bag. I was talking with Gabe Sapolsky on the phone. Like, I don't know if I'm yeah. going to make it. I'm gonna, I went out and paid one of those stupid people that stand there trying to get you to take their cab for double the fare. And I told them I will give you 80 bucks just to get me from here to Laboom, which is like 10 miles, and peak traffic if yeah. you actually get me there. So they drove me there like crazy. They were waiting with the money. I ran upstairs, got there just in time for the match before finishing, stormed to the ring. Had no time to hear the uh, verbiage for the promo. I just went out, cut this promo. Gotcha. I knew it was on Riddle. That's all I knew was on Riddle. Yeah. I was ranting and raving for about 10 minutes. Called Riddle out. It was legitimately annoying because I just got off this international flight. Finally, Riddle strolled out. We're face to face. I started cutting a promo. His catchphrase is bro. So I was you've ruined the word bro, bro for me. It used to mean brother. It used to mean something in this business. And you've ruined this business. You've ruined the word for me. Just all on the fly. Just going off the top yeah. of my head. Ran and raving, spilling my guts out to him, like on my knees at times, shouting at him, and he just looked at me and went, chill, bro, and dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, the coolest one. I was like, chill, chill, and I tore the ring apart. <laughs> just like crazy. But well, that man is so over and so cool. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, while we're talking about amazing indie workers, how soon do you think it's going to be before Keith Lee's signed? Very soon, I imagine. <laughs> very, very good. And I think he's the last guy that uh, dropped me, I think. The last uh, match I had was a riddle. And the last guy that I uh, had physicality with was Keith. He took you all the way out of Evolve. He took me out of Evolve. uh, That day, the day I debuted for NXT, was the craziest day of all time. I I didn't know it was going to be that day. I had like six things in a row. Like It was an eight in the morning signing, and then I had uh, a show, the What Culture show, and then I had a radio appearance, and then my wife was running to get a suit during that time for TakeOver, and then racing back, and then uh, I had the Evolve show, which we figured out the angle at the start, where I was going to cut a promo, and Keith Lee came out took me out, ran back, literally ran to the car, yeah. drove to the Amway, my wife was waiting, jumped in the car, went in the back door, and I was getting showered as she was dressing me <laughs> to head straight to the ring. Is that uh, um, WrestleMania weekend? Yeah, for no, TakeOver, right. it was the craziest day of all time leading up to that moment. When I, went, I didn't f- consider, wonder how the crowd are going to react until they raced me out and sat me in the seat, and I put my head down and went, oh, wait a minute, I hope they make some noise when I come uh, to <laughs> You considered this, I'm just such a crazy day. <laughs> and they did. Oh, thank God. The it, smile on my face was legit. That was a cool feeling. And uh, working with Gabe Sapolsky, how was that? Oh, he's great. Yeah? yeah Can yeah. you talk about that, like creative-wise? Creative yeah, mean, he's just fantastic. He thinks so far ahead. He's always just gets me. Talent-friendly, um, too, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I got yeah. along fantastic with him. You know, the deal was in the beginning, the reason I was going to do the Evolve show was Trent Barretta. And I were hanging out, he's a good friend of mine, and I told him my plan, and I was like, I need to get on these shows with guys that can wrestle. And he said, you know, the Evolve shows here, you know, money-wise it might not be great, but it can, you know, get that opportunity, get you that platform, and I can probably get you against me. So Gabe was like, oh, well, he's a former WWE guy, I'll just give him a shot. Trent yeah. got hurt, and then Gabe had seen my Scotland promo, kind of got a feel for what it was all about, and was like, I think we can maybe do business, and then put the title on me, and then from there we just worked together, and... My goal was take the Evolve title around the world, defend it around the world, get the name of Evolve around as champion, and he would come up with these fantastic stories for me and kept me <coughs> relevant and really taught me a lot 
during that time and he'd always have everything so planned out and well like in advance yeah. which was kind of he's very he's a visionary yeah yeah for like sure for me and he works you know he's in nxt now and the guy i was gonna say man i heard that he was uh, helping creatively at yeah, NXT. yeah so he's able yeah. to you know help out for me because like if people have not been familiar with my work which a lot of the guys are the staff there is fantastic um but you know gabe's able to say like hey if you give drew a mic in the ring that's kind of a stronger area yeah. for a guy who wasn't really a promo guy before like now over the past few years i've really got you know, comfortable in that environment and thrive and love when I get the opportunity to talk to everybody because all I do is say what I really feel now and if it's something that's a storyline I'll find something I believe in yeah if it's coming from a real place man uh, yeah you don't it don't have to be a catchphrase yeah. or something clever it's easy man. and that's the thing they don't, they don't write real. it for you yeah they're not gonna hand you a script we're not actors like we're um, you know they work with us this is what yeah. we need to get across and then and that's the cool thing about you know the NXT it really is a team effort and they want to give the best possible product so they work with you and that gets the best possible results yeah you get a little bit more leeway there right on, on things as far oh, as yeah. like I mean I think it's probably a different run Smackdown as well I can tell just watching it and talking to the guys like I think you know people are getting trusted a lot more and it's building that trust as well you know, that's the cool thing about NXT. You know, you get the chance to be yeah. there, you get the chance to build the trust, and then you get the chance to do it on Raw. It uh, really, whatever. like, come on. If so, if guys are be, are able to come up with their own verbiage, like, it really it really helps the writers because it's less work for them. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's, that's cool having that, you know, trust in that back and forth because yeah. the writers are great. Like, uh, are, I, yes. I just did one, the show the other week, where it was kind of my first time talking in the ring where I was talking, uh, you know, about my, my title show on Bobby Roode and whatever and we sat down and we're bantering back and forth and he came up with some great stuff but was putting in all my ideas and it was mm -hmm. you know cool that they were you know willing to work with me that way and they're so creatively talented in the end it was a team effort we come up with something and then I went out there didn't necessarily say what was on the paper but basically said it was on the paper but I meant every word of it and it's the right. biggest response I've had from the fans and also backstage since I was in the crowd in Orlando just for the first time I talked because it was the first time I've really done a promo on WWE TV as myself yeah. That was your most recent, like, We Are NXT yeah, promo yeah, that yeah. you did? Yeah, That was awesome. So when Vince McMahon sent you to, like, speech school to work on your accent, what was the hardest trait you had to break? Uh, I only went to a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it basically, it was, it was, it was based on a that. conversation backstage. Like, uh, I was fired up about something, you know, again, I was a kid and not exactly... <laughs> was diplomatic <laughs> when I came to stuff I just kind of burst in to his office and I was going off about something that was annoying me and doing it in the wrong way and when I you know the accent when I get excited or I'm talking too fast or even right now you can hear when I get into something I get a bit passionate about it it's hard to understand me and you know, he just kind of watched me for five minutes, spill my guts, and then told me, I think we're going to send you for elocution lessons. <laughs> Never got an answer to my question. But, you know, looking back, I was like, man, that was so unprofessional. But, uh, yeah, I did the classes, and all it was was basically telling me what I knew already. And what I did when there was a camera on me or I had a microphone in my hand, I just had to be conscious of doing it more around, you know, work and backstage at least and, and the more I worked on it at work and the more I did it in real life the less people in general started going what what did you say <laughs> which literally happened for the first four years of my life in America did you have to bring did you have to bring proof back that you showed up to class so, no no I didn't no. thankfully but uh, yeah it made a big difference like I say to my personal life because it was annoying getting you know everybody saying what to me every every two seconds I mean I go back home I was talking about this earlier yeah. Um, but yeah when I go back home I get no more crap than I do from Scottish people and I apologise to Scotland I know I've got the American 
American Scottish twang going on, but the reality is we have the hardest accent to understand in the world. It is. It is literally the thickest accent on earth. So I'm still doing it for Scotland. Don't worry, I'm doing it for the UK, but I need the world to understand us. <laughs> so I have to talk this way. <laughs> I just spent a week with a guy with a Geordie accent, and you're oh, way actually, easier to understand. That's worse. Yeah, packed, uh, like Neville does a good job. Yeah. Uh, like enunciating his words, but he's still got that accent. Yeah, but don't people now tell you back home that you sound like you're American now? Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, where in America are you from when I'm in Scotland? I look at them and go, I'm from Scotland. I'm from 30 minutes from Glasgow. I spent 21 years there. But I've spent a third of my life in America, so I'm like a third American, I guess. Hey, every, everyone, like, if you guys have any, uh, like, great questions, like, hit, hit Drew with them now because we're going to let them go pretty soon here. So, okay, your time in TNA, you left as soon as, well, around the same time that the regime was, the new regime was starting to come in. Were there ever any talks with them about creating a new contract? And if so, what led to your, your, to your overall departure with TNA? Um, I mean, first of all, a really great time there, a great run. Um, big, like John Gaborik's the one that brought me in, and I, initially I didn't want to come in to the company. I had seven months into my indie run, it was really on fire. I didn't want to be on TV. And he just wouldn't take no for an answer. He was like, I'm going to let you be yourself. And he stuck to his word, kept me as a top player. I was a champion there. It really meant you know, a lot. And I was filming TV like all the like three months together at a time. So I was able to do all my stuff around it. And you know, it was a really incredible run and helped you know, grow my brand and show the world who I really was. But uh, yeah, around about that time, obviously, the, the changeover was happening. There's a lot that goes into it and a lot that has to be done. But it got to the point where the contract offer came too late. And uh, my wife and I had already made up our mind that we were going to you know, move on for that time. And it was no hard feelings. It was a very mutual split. And um, yeah, it was around about that time, I, um, I guess, the conversation started you know, with WWE. And everything that you say in this job is timing. And it was just the right time and uh, the right you know, decision for my family and my career. But I had a great run there. You talked about being a fan. You talked about your markout moments. And you talked about uh, how some people don't believe the belt's real. What will it be like for you, and where will it rank if you're able to capture that NXT title at TakeOver Brooklyn 3? If I won the title and the, the biggest show of the year, the best way to sum it up was just watch my face if I have that title in my hands. If, if that was to happen, it's, that will sum it up because it is real to me. It is a symbol of you know the, your life's work, and if you get that opportunity... You know, to be that that person and be that representative of this company, I can't even imagine that. And I legit don't know what's going to happen. I'll say that right. <laughs> like I have no idea. But um, you know, if you, if you get that opportunity to represent a brand in general, like I've been so you know blessed to represent so many people as champion. I've been Intercontinental champion, been tag team champion. But if, if I if you get the opportunity to be the the face and figurehead of somewhere like NXT, that you know that's a hell of a pat in the back, and that's a, you know that makes every every journey, every bump all the pain and stress and being away worthwhile so you'll be able to tell in my face after the match if that was to happen <laughs> when, Drew when, I'm sorry do you guys want to keep on no, going no go Sean do you um, do you have any guys that, that uh, when when you're when you and Bobby are finished uh, with your program that, that you're looking forward to working with an NXT roster right now oh for sure any picks like, hey, okay, this is who I want to look, work yeah, with next? So, the good thing is, like, it's, it's not me just saying it, there is so many. Yeah. Like, uh, Roderick Strong and I have had great matches many times, that, and we're looking forward to get uh, getting the opportunity on the NXT platform. Um, Alistair Black's been built up fantastic right now. Yeah. We've had battles in the past that you know, I'm really excited about the idea that we're both being kept you know, separate. We're both good guys right now. We're building up our thing, and this time it's going to mean so much more when we get the opportunity to work together. and um, and Johnny Gargano, like we've had some uh, fantastic battles and been a 
fantastic team in the past as they evolve tag team champions and you get Kyle O'Reilly coming in now Bobby Fish coming in man I'm going to miss people out the Velveteen Dream we've had some great matches in the live events we get the chance on TV oh, Velveteen in the time Dream. Oh, he's fantastic yeah I haven't really like I haven't seen a lot but like mainly just pictures but oh, I, I like yeah, what I see he's great like the way he bumps like Mr. Perfect like it's just the way sometimes I hit him and I'm just so, you have to step back I imagine that was like for you when you hit Kurt sometimes or whenever you watch Kurt bump you don't oh, know yeah. he's going to do it you throw a punch and he'll spin around inside yeah he runs you have to take a st- turnbuckle next thing you know he's doing yeah. a world you have to take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Jack yeah, Evans. Like, he's another massive dude. Oh yeah, that's Huge. the thing. Like you don't realize it. Like the first match we had, like I do like a total world Mexican style on the on the apron, like a backbreaker, and like he ran in for it, and I went to pick him up. Usually I just twist the guy, no problem. I went yeah. was running at me, like man, that's a big dude. <laughs> Get my weight behind this one, but yeah, just the way he bumps is unbelievable, and he's only like 22, 23, yeah. and just like his mind for it already. He's just so much more advanced than than he should be but yeah those bumps get me it's like Jack Evans at the PWG the one time I don't know if you saw that when I slapped him when he came off the rope yeah. the guy spun about three times before he hit the ground and I stepped back and just went yeah I'm not even going to bump like that you just got to go yeah. with it and react with it but yeah the whole roster is so good it's so hard to single people out and I know I'm going to leave and go gosh right. I should have said that guy but uh, they'll get over it, it really is you know that <laughs> incredible like incredible the talent level yeah. that's why it annoys me whenever hey, we talk about this bloody I just figured like thing. man you probably mouth is watering of all the different possible no, matchups you have yeah here, that's you know? I'm absolutely buzzing they just yeah. have like a, the incredible talent roster already and then just the guys coming in just are adding to it like yeah. crazy and everyone you know says like whatever they say I remember the last takeover they were like oh this is probably the weakest takeover I've had as soon as it was finished it was the best takeover I've ever had And <laughs> when they say that what do you mean like le- like leading up to it like I, 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 I just remember thinking. last time, like I listen to the fans like around and in a, like in the Twitter or you know what yeah. I hear just in real life, and I remember the, before the last one in Chicago, like people were like acting like it was not going to be a great show. The rest have been so great, whatever. Afterwards, everyone was like, "That was the best one by far," and that's the cool thing about Takeover. There's only four a year. They're always a spectacle. Everyone busts their arse and. You know, we've got like a little silent competition. I'll say it. You know, yeah. SummerSlam's the next day. We want to top SummerSlam. We're going to top SummerSlam. I think you. I, I. I think that the it's it's very very well maybe that the crowd is is hotter for the NXT show than it is for the SummerSlam show. And that's the plan, and that's what's cool. Like you know, what it was like back in the day. Like yeah, we wish we had a you know WCW or whatever for have that competition. Like they've got the run SmackDown there with the friendly competition, but yeah, NXT is right there. We've got that friendly competition with everyone. We want to show everybody we're the yes. best. And takeovers our night. It is. Well, I watched an interview recently with Grado, and you and him have a long history. And he told told a story about being 15 at a seminar with you and Jake Roberts, and Jake Roberts <laughs> singling you out as this guy is gonna be the yeah. star. What was that like? Yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> you remember that? I mean, I guess it was Jake Roberts, but uh, did you understand what he was saying? Yeah. We're, we're from the same town, if you can believe it. Oh, you're Grado? Grado? Yeah, oh, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. Like, I'm from, <laughs> hey, we're both from Ayrshire, like same place as William Wallace and Robert the Bruce. Is that uh, what your original accent sounds like, is Grado's accent? No, I never talked like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's your sale. But um, yeah, it was crazy. They got uh, Jake in for a seminar in Scotland. It was around about the time we'd just started building the Scottish yeah. wrestling scene. There was a place called East Bride, and we had like an adult who rented out the, the post office since we were all kids. And we just kind of teach ourselves hey, how to wrestle. And Jake was living in the UK at the time. And he came down for this seminar and he was, uh, you know, teaching us pretty much the basics and just talking. A lot of the stuff I wish he would tell me now because it was going over our heads. Yes. Uh, it's kind of stuff Sean does now and talks I, I retain. But, um, yeah, there was a point where he pointed at the end of it and said uh, that this is the guy that's going to 
is going to do something, this guy that's going to make it, which is pretty crazy, you know, looking back now. And I honestly forgot until Gredo brought it back up. <laughs> and I was like, man, I totally forgot he said that. So, like, stuff like that, you appreciate yeah. and you say thank you, but you can't let it get to your head or you're just, that'll be your downfall. Yeah, I was going to say, or you can let it get to your head and, it, yeah, be your downfall. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got NXT tonight. We got NXT in Bakersfield on the 10th and San Jose on the 11th and Sacramento on the 12th and then the big takeover on the 19th. So look forward to seeing Drew at all of these yeah, shows. Man. Hey, so do you have any other things going on, like, uh, you know, in your life that you want to talk about? You know, like any outside projects or anything? Uh absolutely my life has revolved around wrestling forever and like, it's I just funny because I'm so used to having like five or six different companies I'm trying to build yeah. at one time and now just all my focus is in NXT which is pretty cool that I get to give it all that attention but yeah that's NXT NXT and I actually get to be home and see you know the, the wife and the cats and no, uh, no, no babies in the future in the future, but yeah, yeah not till I'm home. Like, I, like it's bad enough not missing the kids or whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be missing the sure. kids. And it's cool. Like we've got the house now. Like as I say, in St. Petersburg. Um, and my home. He lives. He lives like right in right in my old neighborhood. Fourth Street. Uh, never. Mind. I'm not gonna tell everyone. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he means is 93rd yeah. and a half Street. But uh, yeah. no, it's cool. Like actually having something I can point at and say, jumping uh-huh. in my head for my entire life. Bought that. So. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes tops from the airport. Yeah, nice yeah, drive, yeah it's right? perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's I love great. the area. No one's ever lived in it before. It's pretty cool. Just like I say, to have yeah. something you can see. Like oh, no wrestling got this that's pretty cool Tampa is such a sweet airport to travel uh, oh, Tampa's the best I hate Orlando Airport Ugh. so much I feel bad for all the other NXT guys because they've got to fly from Orlando they're actually right. probably flying from there today. They are, you got today. in earlier right yeah they get in like three hours later it's probably because of the airport being so terrible probably. not because of a later flight because hey, of that airport hey let's let you get the hell out of here and get them try uh, to I'll get... stay here all day I'll talk all day <laughs> I, I'm, I'll drive you crazy so you'll force me out eventually <laughs> I, and we, we, we could just sit here and talk for hours and it would not get old but uh, let's, uh where, where? we need to get down to NXT in a little while. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah you know, the, the whole the whole show thing. So, <laughs> man. where can everybody follow you? Um, not down the street, but uh, <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, what am I? Are you checking now? Because because <laughs> we, we changed it. Um, it's D McIntyre WWE. You can follow me. Follow me at the Twitter and. Uh, I got no. an Instagram, but I have no idea what that is. It's the one with the tick beside it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jimbo? You can find me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. And you guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. You can find me everywhere at Sundown Motel. <laughs> and don't forget to follow us on AfterBuzz TV. Follow Sean at The Real Xbox. That's it. Leave those DMs. Uh, IG, <laughs> Xbox 12360. Facebook, Xbox 12360 Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter that we have out. Um, Facebook and where else is it? And you can sign up on Facebook. We have the link, and then you can um, you can also we have it on Twitter too. So we have it everywhere. And then iTunes. Make sure to leave five stars. Comment on our YouTube page. All that great stuff. And you can follow me at TK Trinidad. Sean, nice. at the real X Pac. Yeah, your shirts at ProWrestlingTees dot com slash Sean Walton. That's right. <laughs> TK already got my uh, Twitter. <laughs> Tying it up because yeah. he doesn't oh, like doing that you. stuff. I don't know? like chill, I don't like showing for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, I need to learn. Anyways, yeah. Hey, I, it was it was great having you, man. And uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah. Oh, you guys. Hey, we didn't get. Did we give him a pop when we announced? Oh him? yeah, yeah. That's right. oh, big old pop. I forgot. Oh, you've got <laughs> Lulu. Lulu. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, everyone. Hey, um, I'm not sure who the guest is next week, but uh, we we'll so be much. back next week. Right here on X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty.
From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac and email us at xpoc12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!